0: In language, <inaudible>
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. We hope. I'm Lisa Linky. I am your co-host. That giggle you hear across the Ethernet is Misty Stinnett. And boy, oh boy, do we have a surprise for you coming up in a little bit. I'm going to spoiler alert: it's a special guest. But if you're tuning in for the first time, oh my gosh, what a what a neat episode! What you've are you chosen. doing here?
0: <laughs> what a, Why are you with us? What welcome. made you come to this? On
1: Tuesdays, we provide you this episode. It's our loving weekly beef where we follow up on the previous book that we've read and we check in on any homework we might have had, as well as follow up on other things like trivia, which we haven't done in over a year, or articles or special guests or cool things of that sort. (laughs) This is definitely different from our Friday full-length episodes, which uh, in which we tackle Full Frontal Friday, in which we tackle recent or classic self-help book, and we read and review and give you the tips, the tricks, the highs, the lows, the ins and outs, the ups, the downs, the yays, the boos, in under an hour, we can't cover everything, but we will you'll know definitely if it's worth your time, investment of energy and money, or if you should <laughs> come across it and throw it out. That's basically who we are. We cuss. We're just, you know, two cool, beautiful, overbooked, amazing
0: Bitches Bitches.
1: in Hollywood trying to do our thing, and I'm just totally unaffected by the
0: pandemic.
1: I know, I know. I just, oh yeah, we timestamp. It is September nine. So if you're listening to this, and the world is very different, or just the same, or this is reaching the outer spheres of the galaxy a few light years from now, gosh, please come save us.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) and I'm too excited, so I'm just gonna pass it off to Missy to intro because I can't wait to.
0: Okay, I am so freaking excited about our special guest who's joining us right now. We can see her. You can't. You're lost. Because, first of all, I want to say really quickly that this is a woman who literally inspired us to start this podcast. So percent like, like two years ago, I was having dinner with this very special guest in Culver City at the Culver Hotel. And she was talking to me about her experiences podcasting and she said, Misty, you should start a podcast. And I said, well, I've had this idea for a long time. And she said, no, you should do it. And walked me through kind of the overview of what that might look like. And then when Lisa and I teamed up and Lisa said, well, I fucking hate anyone telling me what to do. And I said, I love self-help. Let's We're start perfect. A
1: podcast. perfect. <laughs> I love you. You're
0: perfect. Again, this very special guest sat down with us at Sweet Butter on Ventura Boulevard. in so Remember restaurants, you guys? And just answered every single question we had for like an hour and a half. Let us follow up with her, even though she has her own wildly successful podcast to run and life to live. And so I just want to say, you know, we've invoked her on the podcast several times, but this is the first time that we've actually gotten her screen to screen. I'm not going to say our spells came to life. <laughs> yes, yes, right? We fi- we made a little what's it called? A little voodoo Alter. doll of her.
1: Uh-huh. A little
0: Yeah, and then we said we want you on the podcast, and we sprinkled it with money, and then here she is. That's how it spells go, right? Anyway. As we learned you know, know, in You Are a Badass by Jensen Church. I cannot with you right now. Listen. Go listen to that episode, everybody. One of the earlier ones in a doozy. Without further ado and with much buildup, may I please introduce a literal angel walking on earth, and the co-host of the highly acclaimed Can I Pet Your Dog podcast, Renee Colvert. Welcome, Renee. Woo!
2: thing anybody has ever said to me, and I have family, uh, so it, it, it shouldn't have been the top, but it's at the top. Thank you. That's so incredibly kind. I will sort of defend myself a little bit in that anyone who meets you two is like, yeah, yes, of course you should have a podcast. Obviously, oh. I, I would maybe put the blame on anyone who talks to you and and just walks away without saying it. That's being neglectful. Thank frankly. you. So. On the one hand, I would love to be like, I have an eye for talent, but on the other hand, like, listen to you. Yes, of course you too should have a podcast. You're fantastic.
0: <laughs> Renee, thank you so much. So I've never owned a dog. This is Misty speaking. The wonderful woman who did the intro was Lisa Linke. And then yes. the angel, the angelic voice is Renee. I have never owned a pet. Or had that's been in true. partnership with a pet. You had. Oh, that's not true. Okay, I had an iguana and his name was Professor Pokey Prickle. Okay. And he had a little leash, leash and I walked, I took him for walks. If Let me tell you If you ever
1: why. met somebody who deserved or needed or truly wanted a dog, it's a person who puts an iguana on a leash and names him Professor Pokey Prickle. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's first go back to Karen, my mom. My mom is a wonderful, wonderful, loving human being and is a friend to all creatures and also happens to be highly allergic to pet dander, cat hair, everything. Like we maybe could have had like a highly hypoallergenic dog, but we. All the places we were renting when I grew up, just the landlords either didn't allow it, you know, or we were traveling a lot. So I just never had the experience of having a pet you could really cuddle, right? Like an iguana would fall asleep (laughs) on my shoulder sometimes. It's not quite the same as like taking a nap with a dog or like taking your – Lisa's face is just like – I mean, no shame to iguana owners, but their claws – So I wanted to bring the two of you in specifically to have this conversation because, Lisa, you have had dogs through a majority of your life. My whole life. We've always
1: had a dog in my house.
0: Amazing. And then Renee hosts Can I Pet Your Dog and was a dog-wanter for the first couple years of the podcast, right? And then tell us about Tugbo and how he came into your life. Who is, by the Uh, by, an Instagram celebrity in his own right. (laughs) Oh, just, he's just the most attractive dog I've ever seen in my life. Like tugboat is like a pit mix with like long hair and the perfect little white patches and paws.
2: And just like the most beautiful dog. Oh, you guys are too kind, too kind, too sweet. So yeah. So the origin is I started a dog podcast without a dog and I got away (laughs) scot-free for a good two years. And then I dated someone very briefly who was like, Get, just real quick, if I could just make a quick observation. Uh, <laughs> one, wanter isn't a word, so you've made that up. Uh, I two, wanters totally a, a word. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, all right, fair, fair, fair. we can language evolves. Uh, you started a dog podcast without a dog, and I was like, mm, yes, thank you so much. And it could be argued, like, what? What if I started an elephant podcast? You're going to come after me for that. I love that. Yes, clap back at that. Excuse me. Right. Thank you. Uh, I wish I had in the moment. You know, in the moment, I was like, oh, you're making it. You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> <I'm> so, <laughs> I'm and sorry. then four days later, after monologuing in her head. <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. It's so true. It's so true. Oh no! It just immediately rolled over, and so the the listener interaction with this podcast is, as you would expect, pretty interactive. Just because there's a Facebook group and everybody's showing pictures of their dogs, and so it just makes sense to kind of be in communication. And the listeners were also such sweeties about like, hey, what if this is the year you get a dog? So we made a it promise. Also makes a perfect story arc. Yes, thank you. I should have clapped back with that too. Where no, is he? No, i you're doing go Find that guy and be like, yeah. it's been three if years, I start with one dog. <laughs> I got nowhere to go. Thank you. Thank you. Daw. no context. I'm just gonna find him on the screen and scream at him, elephants and story arcs, and then walk away and he'll know. Yep. He'll know and he'll be find like, and send me oh, his name. She was
1: right all <laughs> along. <laughs>
2: But it did ultimately turn out fantastic. So I've got the listeners and somebody to hold me accountable because sure, as you guys know, like it is not easy to have a dog in Los Angeles or just a dog in an apartment is a, is a tough road to hoe. So... I started looking at the time there was an app called All Paws, which was uh, like the dogs that are available um, from various like shelters or various rescues, but they had collected them all together and they use the exact same algorithm as a dating app. So, oh my just God. my nights, my days, all my time was filled with only swiping right. Because who? Let me find what my match. monster swiping left yeah, on right? a dog. <laughs> right, precisely. Just, nobody swipes left on the app. No one's like, no, thank you. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's, I don't even know why they made it a function. Frankly, Poly dog. Owner. But you can exactly, but you can kind of like a dating app, like sort of set what you wanted. So I. Said that I wanted a a medium dog and I wanted him to be young. And then when Tugboat's little picture swiped up, it was very rom-com-esque. And I was just like, fuck, that's my dog. And was he named Tugboat at the time? He wasn't. He was named Rocky. We're going to brush over this so quick. We're just going to be real quick about it. He came from a shelter that was down south. And when I got him, he was really torn up. So he just had like, clearly had been in a pretty aggressive fight we're not going to ask questions. We're not going to, nobody's going to really care about what that past was, but wherever he came from, wasn't great. So now he's got this personality. If he's got this face that is, he's just a fluffy pit bull. I did the DNA test on him and it came back 75% American Staffordshire Terrier, 25% something fluffy. And a friend recently who was like, So I had to get 25% of my money back. Because I knew that part. I was I was very keen to know that. how do I get a hundred
0: percent of something fluffy? I want like right. a fluff ball with eyes, just a and a little tongue uh, that sticks out. Just a
2: little fluffer, exactly. <laughs> so I think so. I so I went down to go meet him. And at the time, I think everybody who gets their dog has a story. So I I went to go meet him. We opened the door. I immediately, like, you know, you just, you got down on your knees to say hi, and then I sat cross-legged, and he, like, sailed into my lap, sat on my lap, nope. turned back, gave me Bye. a kiss on my nose. It's all it's signs, done. it's signs, it's signs. Done. It. Uh I took him on a walk. He was perfect. And I kneeled down. I'm like, are you my dog, buddy? And Another little nose kiss. Mm, oh, we love it so much. What I came to learn is that he does that for everybody, and there were no squirrels on <laughs> that walk. We learned some things. We learned some like, things. It is, after if we I go committed. back to the dating right. app analogy,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if we go back to the dating app analogy, it's like you think this guy is so charming uh-huh. on the first date. He's saying all the right things. He's and then out I the chair. saw him at the same place with another <laughs> woman, right in front of me, pulling out her chair
1: and licking her nose, <laughs> ordering <laughs> the, the same appetizer. Them. He curled up in her lap and looked
2: back at her.
0: Okay. Anyway, I would fall for it too. That course, sounds great. Of course, of course.
2: He had figured it out. He got it figured out. And then something that I think can be kind of good for new dog owners, not with everybody, at least with me, it was a good month of me, oh, what have I done? Because he was 10 months. He was oh, a puppy. Sure. He was in an apartment. Oh. Just favorite <laughs> treat, favorite treat was a MacBook Power Cord, which goes for $80 a piece. So we just oh, plowed through no. those like they were How biscuits. How many did you go through? Two. Now I think oh, maybe yes. if there's the first time it's my fault. But he's just quick. In my defense, he's it he's is. quick. I hate to Shame <laughs> on you. Yeah. Fool exactly. me twice. Shame
0: on Apple. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, thank you. This is Steve Jobs' fault, is what I'm getting from this conversation. I make him so tasty. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we I know was- I've gone through a few myself.
2: Right. <laughs> So you had this this period of time of like oh god what have i done what have i done yeah so but i've got this podcast and i've got these listeners who are in it with me and i think almost assuredly had i not had that accountability of people like kind of rooting for me i would have been like i i'm listen i'm in over my head i can't do it but because of shame <laughs> I kept him and it was the honest to God, the best thing that has ever happened to me. It's he is uh, made my life better in every facet. And then it's also a weird thing of just my life, my quality of life have elevated because it has to for him. So I'm working harder. I'm living in better places. Because Tugboat needs it. Uh, oh, his name's Tugboat now. So
0: interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: Renee, can you tell us a little bit about because you, as you know, since you were there from the inception of our podcast and you know what our lens is looking through like self help, how do you think Tugboat specifically or dogs in general, because you have such great contact with owners and I, I don't like to call them owners, I like to call them guardians. Uh, some people oh, call themselves good. ambassadors. I am my pet's ambassador, which I love. <laughs> For pets, how do you think pets helps in this arena of self help?
2: Yes, such a good question. I and first, I need to make a note of Ambassador and Guardian. That's great. Right now, we've landed on he's my roommate, but he calls me Mom is his nickname, just a little nickname called, which is weird. <laughs> and people his are like,
1: "Name is Wow." Mom. <laughs> she is very loose with her children. It's
2: very, <laughs> it's very peculiar. It's very <laughs> odd. that eighteen
0: year old she needs them to move on out. Apple yeah. power
2: cords. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I guess let's we'll go first with like surface level of self-help and that I think, you know, as a single person in the pandemic, this is a statistic that I keep saying like with a little smile on my face and it is met with just an absolute utter despair on the people I tell it to. But I haven't touched another human in six months because you can't because it's yeah, just it's same. too hard to. Just so, yeah. 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 You go on your social distance walks and you're around people and you're six feet apart, but even a hug kind of feels a little risky and that's, that can't be good. But none of it feels bad because I got this dog to like pet and to, you know, snuggle up with and to talk to. So I think that is curious even if we weren't in a pandemic, I think sometimes we race out to get into relationships because we're just craving like tactile stimulation and you get yourself into a yeah, bit of a pickle. Yeah, skin hunger is a real thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you get yourself into a bit of a pickle of, oh, I don't like this person. This person isn't making me better, but I have a human need to have touch. So I think that on the most basic element is good for self-help. And then I was real selfish. I, you would be hard pressed to get me to say such before I got him, but a little bit like all of the helping I would do and all of the, you know, kind acts I would do were a little bit with shitty intention of like, well, what are you going to give to me? And then, you know, quick pro quo, how does that work out? And I think it has helped a lot in you care for a person just because you care for a person, like, cause it's the right thing to do. And it's just kind of elevated my responsibility and my a lack of selfishness, quite a bit, which has been nice. I really relate to Thank that. Thank you for
0: being so candid about yeah. that too, because <laughs> I, I,
2: that's resonating true
0: for me as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: When I got, when I first got Wrigley, I was in my early thirties, and I was in Chicago, and he really helped me set boundaries. So mm-hmm. if I was out and people would be like, "Let's go to the next bar," and I didn't feel like it and I didn't want to, I blamed him. Um, and I would be like, I got to get home and let my dog out. But it was a way for me to set boundaries without being able to do it myself. And so he really helped me with self care in that sense. And also, I agree with you. Like, it's in my 20s, I think my desire to help was driven by currying favor so that I would secure my relationship with people. And then just ha- existing around a selfless creature. Is really and feeling unconditional love just for being you, even when you fuck up, is really healing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I have a question for both of you about vulnerability because Why? I see.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> eject, oh, unsubscribe. No, I because I I see I've observed often that there are people who to me seem like they have trouble opening up or having really meaningful relationships in their lives. I've noticed it a lot in my male friends and some of my female friends too. And I don't want to leave out anyone who does not identify as either male or female, everyone in between, everyone who's gender nonspecific or gender fluid. But it seems like dogs in particular provide a space where it feels okay for them, To be more vulnerable, to be as affectionate as they want, and to be as open as they want, because, you know, where they maybe don't feel as safe to do that in relationships or have been hurt in sort of human relationships. So I am curious, this is something I've wondered about because I've gotten a glimpse of it when I've spent time around dogs. Does it kind of crack open your vulnerability as well? Because here's this creature, like Lisa, you just said, loving you no matter what you do. And also just like needing you so much. Did you experience anything like that?
2: Oh my gosh. Yes, completely. I think, so with the love element of it, I also, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna tell you sort of the gross parts about it that I don't love, but I also kind of started to observe Because, you know, he's got a little past him. So there was a lot of times where we would be in public and just, you know, he would like knock down a table or take out somebody or we'd meet another dog and he'd be crazy. And I would just get so embarrassed. So just like, oh, come on, please be good. Please be good. And boy, before then, was I available to blame my parents for just like, you never let me be an artist. You never let me be free. And I think there's the thing of of just kind of like not that parenting a child is anywhere close to parenting a kid, but that element of weirdly, my dog helped me forgive my parents of just like, you're just trying to get by in society. That's it. You're just trying to like be accepted by people. So all of that, like scolding that I felt I didn't deserve, then I would do it to tug accidentally and be like, oh, okay. So you just have misplaced priorities. That's it. That's all it is. And it's just a growing. That's amazing. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. It's neither was I. I was not, I was fully prepared to blame other people before I got him. And now I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So we're all just doing our best and growing. I feel like having,
1: especially having dogs with issues, both of mine had different issues. It's a real treat. (laughs) I feel like it gave me, first, it gave me compassion towards other dog owners. Yes. And then it Mm. gave me compassion towards, People with children. And then finally, I learned compassion towards myself. Like I
2: was the last in
1: that (laughs) list. But it finally, it finally did. And it's just so interesting, especially in our society, the meaning that we place on things that people quote unquote own, right? Mm -hmm. Of like children or pets or their houses. And if we see that something is dilapidated or misbehaving in a target, we want, it's very North American, in my opinion, to blame. We want to blame who's responsible, you know, and when my dogs would act up and I I would get upset, sometimes my mom would be so great and she would say, honey, it's not your fault that they're misbehaving. Like you're doing everything you can and they have issues, you know, they have baggage and it's not your fault. Like that was the most helpful because I also experienced the opposite from people, random strangers on the street, friends who would say the most hurtful things. Trying to be helpful, you know, and so just it's really given me. I really stick up for American mothers because they get shit talked left and right. They're demanded to be the best, and they're given no support. And I don't want to have kids, probably because of how people treated me with my dogs. To be truthful, also I don't have a relationship. I'm not looking for one, and I'm really too old. But aside from those, I think you'd make like
0: the world's most
2: amazing mother.
0: Thank you, but I have no desire
1: because we just. We just want to like, there's a perfect answer and we just want to, you know, blame the person
0: who isn't doing it. And it's just, it sucks. It's hard. It does. Yeah. Oh yeah. And as we learned from the book Fed Up, when author Gemma Hartley came on as a guest, It's also like if you go over to someone's house and it's not perfectly clean and tidy, say this is a heterosexual couple, it's always looked to as the woman's fault. Like, oh, well, the woman must be failing. Like, why is the house not clean? In addition to the kids being perfect and educated and fully nourished and (laughs) iron levels are high enough, et cetera, and all that stuff. Isn't that interesting? That's really fascinating. It wasn't, it's funny. I didn't expect answers that were like, that far-reaching from both of you saying, like, it helped me forgive my parents and it helped me understand the American mother. Like, I was just thinking it would be more <laughs> on, like, a personal level. Yeah. I took more wax. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I took more wax and I feel real. my cardiovascular health has gone up, like, percent yeah. Which all of that is true, but yeah. I feel like I'm seeing so many people with puppies mm-hmm. now i look around my neighborhood and it feels like collectively anyone who was on the fence about getting a dog was like okay this is the time i'm home enough to train it to be you know to be with this new especially in a my puppy house. yeah especially a puppy i'm seeing them everywhere in my neighborhood and all the <laughs> All these new dog owners just like struggling to keep it on the leash or like teach it to sit before they cross the street and, you know, doing the click training and all that stuff. When is the best time asking for a friend to bring a dog
2: into your life? I want to be very, very careful to not compare dogs and kids because I know they are just like night and day different. But I do think the, the thing of you're never ready just because try to make sure you financially can take care of it. But after that, you're not going to be ready. This dog is going to throw you things that you couldn't have predicted and you just have to kind of go with the flow. So I think so long as you can afford him, and that includes the destruction that will be coming your way, then now, now is a good time to get a dog. For anybody who wants
0: to know more about dogs and do a deep dive into dog ownership and dog anything and everything, please listen to Renee's podcast, Can I Pet Your Dog? It's already wildly popular. They probably don't need more listeners, but do yourself a favor. <laughs>
2: can I tell you my I favorite
0: thing about Can I Pet Your Dog? I love is you It's the so mutt much. minute.
2: Oh, you guys, thank you. That is the, the segment mutt. wherein our listeners call in and in one minute they have to describe their dog. And it is so charming and sweet. and Because all of them I hear people talk hands. about their own
1: dogs and you get such a range. There's some people who are very matter of fact. There's some people who are like, this is so sweet. And then there's some people who are like, this is just some random mix of two animals that happened to copulate at some point And now it lives on my couch. Like it's Yeah. But, but every single one is done with love. And you get such a it's amazing to me that in 60 seconds, you get such a sense of the relationship between the guardian and the dog. Like you can visualize it. And I love hearing people talk about their animals. Probably That's more than so, I love hearing them talk about. So their kids. sweet.
2: And easily my pet tracks, yeah. right? Oh, so okay,
1: that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Just because your dog? no, your kid. Yes. When you have a baby, it's like a bomb goes off in your life, and everything gets disrupted. Right. And when you ha- when you get a pet, it's like a grenade, <laughs> like a small flashbang, <laughs> like Thank it's you. disorienting. And but it doesn't take as long, you know. But with it a only child, takes on half the house. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. With a child, like. There is an expectation that at some point you will be able to converse. They will be able to tell you. Like, and with a pet, like you just hope you just hope to like grow to know them enough so that you can understand what's happening for them and truly be their ambassador. So that you know, like it is time to take you to the vet because I know that you're hurting. You're a very stoic dog, or like this dog cries when a leaf falls at it, you know, like (laughs) so. Like I it's just such a different relationship, a relationship with animals. And I'm sure people who have horses you know, or livestock, like they feel this different, they feel this way too, in a different level.
2: Right. Right.
0: You both are, and I've seen you both in action. Lisa and I had the pleasure of being guests on Can I Pet Your Dog last year, and we got to meet Tugboat, and we got to record in Renee's living room. Oh my God, that was such a fun episode. We'll link to it in show notes too, if you want to hear the origin story of how Lisa also got her
2: pups. This day, the best guests we've had, you guys are home runs, Aww. home runs. Nobody spreads. Wrigley just paced around the apartment the whole time. <laughs> it was the greatest
0: yeah, uh, right? honor. Wrigley was just like, what's happening? What's I'm what's here. And I'm then, here then like we sat
2: him down.
1: down. I have a, I have a, one they one. just came up in my time hop and I posted yes. it. You guys saw, like, it's, it was just about a year ago. Or two years ago, I can't know a year ago. I said, "Whoa, oh my God!" And we and we put Wrigley down with all of tugboat's toys, and he was like, "This is amazing. I should really pace the house because I smell a dog, and I can't find
0: it." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole time, and yeah. under the table, and all around the chairs. It was so to find, sweet. has Gotta be somewhere.
2: What a sweet I know boy. he's here, buddy. We love him so much. <sighs> we love him so much.
0: I just want to say from the bottom of my heart that this episode has done nothing to help quell my desire for a dog. But it the shouldn't. The only reason— Yeah, let's you, get want you a, a dog. Head. What's the holdup? What's the reason you're not getting a dog? So I will tell you. So it is the financial thing, because when I, when I crunched numbers a few years ago, I was doing this thing. I call it pet roulette, where I was going into—I <laughs> live in Clover City, and there's this amazing adoption— pet shelter called Adopt and Shop. You can adopt a pet and shop for pet toys, okay. right? While you're there. And I would just go in a couple weekends a month That's and kind of get through know, the dogs. Yeah. It is yeah. so dangerous because let me tell you, there was this sister pair of pit mixes named <clears throat> Tia and Tamara, no you're boy. welcome, <laughs> from Sister Sister. And I went, I went in and I just... I was thinking like, I'm going to find like a small hypoallergenic dog that doesn't shed. That's what I need. So my mom can be around it. So it like da, 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 da. But I also do not have any green space anywhere near my apartment. And that is one of the biggest barriers to me getting a dog. And also that my landlord keeps telling me no, no matter how I try to manipulate him. <laughs> but I went into Adopt and Shop and kind of connected with Tamara and went into the place where she could actually come out and meet me. And she just came right over, did a similar thing that Tugboat did. She put the full weight of her head on my lap. Mm -hmm. And she just looked up at me. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you're my dog. You shed everywhere. You're way bigger than (laughs) I thought you'd be. I cannot have you in my apartment. And you're my dog. Yeah, And of course— I couldn't get my landlord to agree, yeah. and I couldn't adopt her. She was adopted very quickly because she was such a ball of love. Right. But it was—I think about her still sometimes. Yeah. And I i was like, i got to stop doing this. If I'm not ready for a dog, I can't go in there. Well— But it was—to it I, was, it, I think to feel it that shows, connection was amazing. Yes,
1: you can yeah. make that connection. Listen, I make connections with every animal I meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel a connection with my friend's dogs, like, as if they were my own. So— I guess what I want to say is, if in your goals, like I know you have professional goals, you can also tie something to that. Like, I want mm-hmm. to do this so I can buy a home or or live in a place that allows this. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. You can tie and that it to really that. is
0: my, I have this whole vision. I just, I don't even care what the house is like. I just want the outdoor space to be great. I want twinkle lights. I want a big table where people can gather and yeah. I can roast them a chicken. <laughs> and... And then I want a space for a dog. And that's like kind of the vision. But anyway, I just want to thank you both for being so open about your beautiful journeys with your pets. I wasn't expecting it to go
2: that deep. (laughs) Well, you're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) Quick
1: question before we end. How is the pandemic for Tug?
2: I am a little concerned what happens afterwards because now we're spending 24 hours a day Together, And I have noticed just a tiny bit of separation anxiety that never For sure. existed beforehand. For so sure, understandable. Right now, great, great. The second I have to go back to work, I don't know what we're going to do. But I yeah. think in like across the board, there are so many unknowns that if I start to let myself think about it, I'm just a puddle on the floor. So yeah. I'm just trying to really mantra, whatever happens, we can handle it. We're going to handle it. You we'll can just handle
1: it. I Thank will you. advise. There's a little ebook called "I'll Be Home Soon." It was yes. written by a dog behavioralist, and you can yep. start prepping. And it was super cheap. It was like I don't know, six ninety nine on Kindle. And okay, basically, please. you're going to just start desensitizing tug to all of your cues, your leaving cues. So, like, you pick up your keys and you put them down, and do nothing else. You pick up your keys and you put them down, like until that is no longer a trigger. Right. Because oh, all dogs boring. right now, this is their new normal. And so when yeah. we do start going back to work, there's going to be so much separation anxiety. I'm really worried about it. So
2: yeah. I have a lot of No, pets. this is so helpful. I wrote it down. And we will, once we all do go back to work, we'll have you guys on the show again so that you can tell us how to help our pups with uh, separation so great. 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 And I'll just you. be
0: there nodding silently mm-hmm. through the whole mm-hmm. podcast episode. Mm-hmm. My question is, how do we desensitize ourselves? Yeah. To being around our pets 24 hours a day. I bet so many people are going to be like, I miss my buddy. When I run an
1: errand, I come back home and I'm like, (laughs) I have to really fight here. she be like, what did you do? (laughs) Were you okay?
2: (laughs) How was your day? It's so true. So, so true. To the point where I also, I also think maybe, let's see, let's see how it goes. But we may have some flexibility with work. I wonder if a lot of places aren't going to be like, look, as long as you're getting your work
0: done, just come in for the main meetings or like flex out, like, We've already proven that we can do our jobs from home. So coming in two or three days a week makes sense. And I wonder if people will loosen up pet policies because it's just a, you know, obviously if my mom were working in an office with dogs, that would be a problem. So not everybody can do that. But yeah, I'm really, listen, you listeners are listening in the future. The election is almost upon us. Mm-hmm. What does the world look like? <laughs> Are we okay there? <laughs> has the sky has the sky turned a deep, deep black? Even though it's <laughs> noon, <laughs> is there anything you ladies would
2: like to add before we end? Just how great you guys are. That's it. Just uh, life is about, and I'm so grateful for you guys always, every time I talk to you or see an Instagram post or anything that has anything to do with you, my life is better for it. So thank you. Thanks for I feel you the same. Like when your face popped up on
0: the Zoom for this <laughs> recording, I just got all the warm fuzzies. And also Renee and I have known each other for, can you believe this, Renee, 10 years. <gasps> it's been 10 now? <gasps> yeah. Oh we took, we took the comedy intensive together right. at Leslie Kahn, yes. which is where Lisa teaches I think it was in 2010. It might have been 2011. No, I think you're right. Well, but either was, way,
2: we're rounding
0: the bin on 10. What? Can you even I believe it? Again. Okay. And now we're wildly successful, <laughs> haven't <laughs> aged a J. I'm Amazing, not- eloquent, intersectional <laughs> podcast bitches. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what's happening. That <laughs> so... Renee, thank you so much for joining us today. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank
2: you. My love And with that, everybody, life life is is
0: abundant.
1: Go Help Yourself was produced by Misty Stinnett and Lisa Linky.
0: Our theme song was written by the inimitable Matt Sav. Inimitable! There's nothing we love more than hearing from you. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. We're also at Go Help Podcast on Instagram and at G H Y Podcast on Twitter. And you can go old school and check out our website at gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. Yourself It basically is a fancy PowerPoint slide. If you liked our podcast, <laughs> please subscribe, rate, and review because it helps.